close walk with the Holy Spirit will strengthen you to walk empowered. Thank God we serve a God that says, there are chances after chances after chances rise up again. When the peace of God starts to transcend your mind, your understanding, now, although the situation didn't change, even though all that still looks fearful and scary, you don't see it with those eyes anymore. Now you see it with the eyes of God. Now you see it with the eyes of victory. Now you know that it doesn't matter, no matter what, because you've prayed it through. And when, when you thank God in this way, it literally disarms the strategies that were sent against you. Today is the day of salvation Get ready for a night of Holy Ghost power. September 22nd, Miracles, Signs, and Wonders. Register now at fireduppoverty.com. Talking about the Holy Spirit today, and you know, we need the Holy Spirit to equip us to walk victoriously in the power of God. They'll go, well, you walk in the power of God, walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. But in reality, we actually need the help of the Holy Spirit to help us to walk in the Holy Spirit. We actually need his help, which is a great thing. Say it's a really good thing. It's a great thing. See, everything we do, we don't do in and of ourselves. We do it as we yield to and we rely upon the power of the Most High, power of the Spirit. How are we victorious in Christ? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, through knowing his word, and through being connected with his, his presence, right? By choosing him when we instead of just decided to choose what we see or what we feel or what our pasts told us. Oh, no, no. By the power of the Holy Spirit. So we need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to walk in power victoriously in him. Open your Bibles to Romans 15, 13. It says, may the, may the God of hope fill you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to abound in hope. You're not going to try to drum up the power of God. You're not going to try to drum up joy and hope. You're going to yield. You're going to saturate yourself. You're going to be intertwined with, completely dependent upon the power of the Holy Spirit. And he fills you with that hope. He fills you with that power, with that knowing, with that knowledge, with everything that you need. Say, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the enemy is always at work. He's trying to transfer burdens onto you. This is what he does, what the enemy does. He's always trying to transfer burdens onto your soul. But a close walk with the Holy Spirit will strengthen you to walk empowered. Okay? So the, the enemy is always trying to transfer burdens onto your soul. If you're heavy burdened, the, the word of the Lord says, come to me, all of you who are heavy burdened. Those of you who are heavy laden. He says, I will give you rest. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. I will give you rest, right? So the enemy is always trying to transfer his burdens upon you. He's full of burdens because his ultimate, his, his end goal is already set. He's burning in the lake of fire. So, you know, he can't get out of it. 
So because misery loves company, he wants to transfer his burdens on you. Say, oh, no. Forbidden. Philippians 4, starting in verse 6. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So, first of all, anything that the enemy will try to throw your way is going to be fear-based. But anything that the Lord is doing is love-based. It's the love of God in you, saturating you to walk in this way, right? So, the enemy is always at work, but God is greater still. He, the enemy roams around, but so does the Lord. The Lord. And his eyes are upon you. Amen? So, anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer. How many of you guys have taken this scripture, you've taken it into your prayer closet, and you have prayed, and you've, li opened, you've literally opened up this word, and you've literally laid it down on the floor, and you have said, Lord, your word says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That's our part. Say, that's my part. But the very next verse, verse 7, says, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. So that's the part that he promises to give us, right? But how many of you have taken the scripture into your prayer closet and you have prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and although it says be anxious for nothing, even after a whole hour sometimes of prayer, you're still anxious. How many of you guys, if, if truth be told, would say, yeah, there's been plenty of times where I pray and pray and pray, and it is, I'm still anxious. The word says, be anxious for nothing, but yet here I am still anxious. What's the problem? Well, sometimes the problem is, is that people quit prayer too early. We are to pray. You know, prayer is talking to God. Supplication is pouring out your heart to God. It's that desperate prayer that you literally, you are crying out with everything within you and you're giving unto him, right? And it means that you don't stop until a matter is resolved in you. It may not be resolved physically or naturally because it may not be all up to you. You can't control other people. So let it be resolved in you. So supplication. We are to pray it through. And until, how do you know when you're done praying? Can you get up in Thanksgiving? Can you get up and have the peace of God guarding your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus? If not, then it still needs to be prayed through. Do you know that the things that you wonder about and you go, how come this is not breaking? And I'm still concerned, still in fear, still upset, still, it still hurts. I'm still upset about that person did such and such and they keep doing this and that. Okay, but listen, these are the things that God wants to heal your heart from. And if that pain is still there, it's because God is saying, I'm actually wanting to work deeper in your heart. And it's not a surface level you know, prayer and, and, and result that you're going to get because you need more than that. You need the layers of your heart literally transformed. It's not just the outer layer. It's the inner layer. Where does God want us to dwell? In the outer courts or in the inner courts? It's the same thing. Some people choose the outer court and their prayer is like the outer court prayer. And they're content not being. They put a show on 
They say, I'm good, I've been praying. But inside, they're so bottled up with so much fear and, and agitation. And, and then, of course, they end up getting sick. Because fear and stress and all these things, they literally bring sicknesses upon our bodies. We weren't meant by God. We weren't called by God to carry these things. We were called to lay them at his feet. We were called to pray through. So we're going to be people that pray and, and literally have supplication. And, and then Thanksgiving. That is the key right there. You, can, you should pray. And when you pray, then you also go into supplication, which is that earnest, heartfelt Laying it down. You're you, typically, a lot of times, it's, it's with tears. It's with a lot of great emotion, right? It, when we go into our prayer closet and we pray and then we allow the supplication to come forth, that is when you're really starting to cause that thing to change because the enemy is afraid of you being real with God. He is afraid of you literally being so transparent that your transparency reveals the hand of the enemy. And God, who is on your side, will literally equip you. And this is, this is a supernatural thing that happens in prayer. And then as you've done this, as you've laid it all down, as you've prayed it all through, we have to pray it through. What do you mean pray it through? That means you have to realize when your heart is entangled with a situation, you pray it through. You say, Lord, this is how it affected me. And it left me, and I was frustrated, and I was disappointed, and I was scared. Or I was angry, and this is, and it reminded me when I was a child. You pray it through. You talk to God in prayer. And don't give me this religiosity. Well, I just prayed the scripture, and then I was good. Praise God, you prayed the scripture. But make sure your heart is crying out unto him too. We need to let our hearts cry out unto him. He says, cry out to me. He says, call unto me. He says, I will show you great and unsearchable things you do not even know. When you call on his name. That doesn't just mean Jesus. I mean, Jesus, we need you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. You are the consuming fire. And something shifts on the inside of you. And it doesn't stop there. When it's Thanksgiving. I've told some of you this before. Years ago when I had taken this scripture in my prayer closet. And I was doing that. I was like, okay, Lord. You said. You said. Lord, you said. You said prayer with everything. By everything. By prayer and supplication. You said that the peace of God was going to guard my heart. It's not guarding my heart, Lord. Why? Because you said with everything, prayer and supplication. And I've been praying, I've been standing, and I'm praying, and I'm standing, and I'm standing, and standing, I'm standing on your word. Why is my heart not being guarded in peace? He said, because go back and read it. He said, you skimmed over the Thanksgiving part. With as much as you pray and then offer the supplication, you need to also thank me just the same. And let me tell you, it wasn't because I was unthankful. I don't have an unthankful, ungrateful heart. It's because sometimes we don't realize the value of thanksgiving and the doors that it opens for you. And so I said, oh, my gosh, Lord, you're right. The reason I'm not walking in victory, totally walking in peace, is because I didn't, I didn't, I forgot about that part. I didn't really, I kind of glossed over it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
And that was it. No, I mean really, really, really thank me. Thank me for all the things you don't understand. I mean really thank me. Thank me for all the years of pain, of heartache, and of turmoil. Thank me. Thank me. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, even when I don't understand it, even when I don't like it. I thank you, Lord God, because you're always good. You know, see, the re what happens, such a shift it's such a shift in the, in the spiritual realm because the enemy does not, well, now, of course, doesn't want you to do it. He doesn't want you to do it because he knows by you doing that, it literally, it disarms him. Now, we know Jesus disarmed him by the power of the cross, but with you, and when, when you thank God in this way, it literally disarms the strategies that were sent against you. Satan has strategies against us. And he uses whomever he can to try to come against us. But when we pray, when we offer supplication, and when we thank him, and we let those be equal. We don't give thanksgiving, just be a little thank you, Lord, moving on. But I mean, really thank him. Lord, I don't understand it, but I still thank you anyways. Lord, I don't understand it. Lord, it wasn't fair, but you're still God. Who said life was fair anyway? But God is always good. Life isn't fair. You know, it's not fair. Sometimes when you're a, a young parent, you teach your kids that, you know, that life is fair, people are fair, and then you start to grow, and then you start to live life, and you go, no, 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 actually, life is not fair at all. It's not fair at all. <laughs> but God is good all the time, and he's faithful, and he's also the righteous judge, and he also is our advocate. He's our defense attorney, and he knows exactly how to even out that score. But our job is to thank him. Our job is to thank him. So when I went back into my prayer closet, and I, I said, okay, Lord, and I'm not going to get up. Remember I said, pray till it's done. Pray till you're done. Pray it through. I went back into my prayer closet, and I just, I did that very thing. I went back. Prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. Prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. And I, I, didn't, I literally didn't stop. I literally didn't get out of that prayer closet because I was being attacked by a demonic spirit of fear because of what was happening. I was being attacked by a demonic spirit. And, and, you know, the, and the enemy wants to rob you, wants to rob your life. He wants to rob your children, your husband, whatever. But then he wants to rob you too with fear, you know. You've been standing in faith, but he doesn't care about that. He can try to rob you with, even if it's at the end. He'll still try to rob you with fear and torment and all that. And if you don't have joy, then you're being robbed, right? And so... Yeah, so, so I went back, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to just prayer, thanksgiving, prayer supplication with thanksgiving. And I didn't get up until I literally felt the release in me. Not circumstantially, because like I said, sometimes what you're praying for has really not a whole lot to do about you. You can't change that outcome. You can't say, oh, I'm going to do with this instead. You're, you're praying that they'll change their minds. You're, you're praying that they're going to wake up. You're praying that they're going to stop with the stupidity, right? So it doesn't always completely just rest within you, right? So, but you must change. When you change, that's when God can really start to use you. When you're, the peace of God starts to fill you, when the peace of God starts to transcend your mind, your understanding, now although the situation didn't change, even though all that still looks fearful and scary, you don't see it with those eyes anymore. Now you see it with the eyes of God. Now you see it with the eyes of victory. Now you know that it doesn't matter no matter what because you've prayed it through. Now you know that prayer and supplication with thanksgiving is literally working on your behalf. 
Amen. Literally working on your behalf. And you're just going to watch because it's like you're watching, but you've already, you've already seen the end of the movie. We know God knows the end from the beginning, right? But when you pray like this, there's an inner confidence that comes. And it's like you've already seen the end of the movie. It, meaning that you already know what it's going to happen. You already know what's going to happen. You know that God is good. You know that his promises are yes and amen. And so you keep your eyes on the promiser and not on the problem. Amen? You will, you will see the victory in your life if you take what I'm talking about to heart. So Galatians chapter 5 and verses 22 and 23. This is but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such these, there is no law. So, against such, there is no law. So, when we live in the Spirit, we walk in the Spirit. When we walk in the Spirit, we walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We walk in this. It, but it's a choice to continue to walk in this. It's a choice to walk in the spirit. To walk in the spirit means we walk in our victory that's actually already been purchased for us. So when we don't walk in the fruit of the spirit, in the nine fruits that's been listed here, we actually have exchanged. We've given up our right to walk in the victory that Jesus has already purchased for us. We have to see it like that. Because see, the enemy's gonna play on our emotions. And then when we we allow him when we allow him to play on our emotions, we're not always thinking with a, with common sense, right? We're not always rationally thinking. And so literally what's happened in that moment when fear or or anger or whatever it is 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 taking first place in your heart. You have literally just said, I know that you purchased that victory for me, Jesus, but I'm going to lay that down right now because I'm going to choose to walk in the anxiety that the enemy has given me. Now, none of us would literally consciously say that. We would never actually open our mouths and say that, but it's what's happening. It's literally out. So that's why we have to realize, wow, wait, that is what's happening because is the work of the cross finished? Isn't it finished? Wasn't it completely complete? Wasn't it completely finished? Wasn't it powerful? Right? So because of that, like we can't add to the work of the cross. The blood that he shed, right, was for us. But it was for all time and for all people. And it was done. There was no other way or God would have made the other way happen. There was no other way. This was the way. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. So whenever we, we have to catch ourselves. Oh, I'm, I'm going back into worry. I can feel that worry coming. You know, there are some things that are just like, they're kind of like we're bent a certain way, right? Some people might be bent to, they have to watch pride. That's their, that's the area that the enemy constantly will play them with, right? The spirit of pride. And for others, it's fear. And it may be something else. But it doesn't really matter what it is. What is important is, is that you realize, I want to be mindful. I want to be alert, walking in wisdom and discernment that when those old familiar tapes start playing or the old familiar emotions start to act up again, oh no, I remind myself of who I am in Christ and I cast those demons out. They're not just emotions, they're also demons. A powerless church will not give 
attention to what needs attention to. A, a powerless church just only sees your sin and your need for forgiveness. You guys know what I'm talking about because there are people that will go to the cross, meaning they'll be in prayer, and they stay in a place of shame and guilt and pain, though it's been repented of over and over and over, over and over and over. And then, yeah, but they don't get the victory. They just repent again, but they're still bound. They repent, and they're, they're, condemnation is just so, and it could be something else, but condemnation is just so plaguing them, and they don't know how to get the victory. So then what happens is the enemy takes advantage of the wrong thinking, and he brings on other things, other junk, other lures. He'll lure you into that, and he'll lure you into this, right? And then you have a whole mess, and then you got all kinds of, you know, demon spirits that are li literally in your mind telling you things, and then you s it's easy to just fall away, even though you love Jesus. You start to slip away, and you feel cold, or you feel nothing. You see everybody else having a grand old time, and you're going, I don't know what they're doing. I don't feel anything. What is up with that's a whack church? They're radical. They're kind of crazy, but I don't get it. You know? Well, maybe, just maybe, some things in your heart that you need to deal with, because God wants to cleanse you of these things. He wants to heal you, but He also wants to set you free. He wants to set you free. So it's not just the forgiveness. It's for you to stand up and rise up and say, "Wow." Okay, so that fear that was plaguing me, I actually, I see it now, and I see that it's a, it's a curse in the bloodline. I, I can see the patterns. I can see the patterns, and it's been happening, you know, it happened to my dad, my brother, grandpa, whatever. You can see the trace. You see the pattern, right? It's a spirit, and it is familiar to you. So when it's familiar to you, it's not always very detectable by you. Everyone else can see it. But you can't always see it. Shame is a big one. You can't always see it because you're used to walking in shame. But it's evident to those that have spiritual eyes, but you may not see it because it's no, you're, you're used to it. You've become familiar to it. So, but then, but then you know, you hear a sermon like this. You're in a you're in a service where the power of God is moving, and your eyes are opened. All of a sudden, you go, wait, 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 wait. This, this is a force that's been literally working against me, and I'm not going to allow it anymore. I've been forgiven. I was forgiven 2,000 years ago, and I've been still asking for forgiveness again and again and again and again. But wait a minute. It's something else that's happening here, and I've been played for like a fool. Take authority and cast that thing out. And I don't care if you've done it once and twice and three times and four times and you go, but it's still not leaving. Take authority and command it to go until it does because your authority will rise. Your authority will build. Your authority will grow. Just like when you pray in, your, in, in Philippians 4, and I said, you know, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And sometimes the thing is a very serious matter. And you pray and you in supplication and with thanksgiving, but it's a very serious matter. And it doesn't just poof, go away because you spent, you know, a week, two weeks, a month, three years. People just want instant gratification. You need to stay and pray it through until it's done. But the same is true with what I'm talking about right now. When you pray it through, you don't just get up and go, okay, well, I gave thanks and, and you know, I'm good now. My heart feels clean. My heart feels good. Wonderful. Don't stop there. Because the enemy knows that you missed one very important thing. Yeah, Thanksgiving. 
And, men, and let's just say you did those three things, okay? And then you got up and you said, oh, well, I'm good. I prayed. I offered supplication with thanksgiving. I'm good. I feel good now. I feel so good. Well, praise God, you feel good. But you know that the enemy roams around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. Until you tell him to go, he doesn't have to. Until you tell him to go, he doesn't have to. So he waits for a more opportune time. Did, did, is this not what happened to Jesus? Did he not wait for a more opportune time? Do we all read our Bibles? This is a scripture. Okay? When he was fasting for the 40 days, Jesus, he was weak. I mean, he was fasting for 40 days. And the enemy kept on. He came and he, and he, taunt, he was taunting him with the word. With the, his very, Jesus is the word. He was taunting him with who he is. He does the same to you. He taunts you with your true, with, he tells you you're not who you are. He, he, instead of telling you your true identity, he tells you the opposite. It's never going to change for you. This is your lot. Hey, you made bad choices years ago, so that's it. You made your bed, sleep in it. Well, thank God we serve a God of mercy. Thank God that we serve a God of compassion. Thank God we serve a God that says, chances after chances after chances, rise up again. And again and again. A righteous man may fall seven times, but seven times, get up. Right? So the enemy is banking on the fact that you may not go to that next level and say, now, devil, you are plaguing me with all these lies telling me that I was a no good parent, no good spouse, lies, no good son or daughter, lies. Hey, there might be truth to it, but remember it's forgiven already? Because immediately I hear people, yeah, no, that, there's actually truth to it. But is it, has it been forgiven? Then it's buried to the bottom of the sea. If it's been forgiven, it's literally, the Lord puts it as far as the east is to the west. He buries it to the bottom of the sea, never to remember again. That's what the word says. So then you have to tell him, get out, because I'm getting up again. I'm getting up, I'm rising up, and you need to go. Sometimes it's so subtle, subtle it's just discouragement, and you don't even realize it. You have, we need to start realizing it, though. We need to start to become aware. Lord, let every scale be removed right now. Any veil, let it be removed right now. Any place where, where the enemy literally lies or blocks our ability to discern the truth because of familiarity, let it be removed right now. We remove every scale, every veil. We command it to go. Every place of complacency, we command it to go right now. Father, even discouragement. Sometimes people walk in discouragement and they, don't, they forget that they're literally being followed and being plagued by a demon spirit called discouragement. No more. Kick it out. We cast it out. We drive it out. It will not have a stronghold. It will not have a foothold. It will not have a chokehold. It will have no kind of hold on you ever again. Hallelujah. And when you walk like this, you walk victoriously. And yes, the devil's threatened by you, and he should be, because you carry the name of Christ. You carry the blood of Jesus, the anointing of God, his spirit. And so, therefore, you're victorious. You just got to remember. And, you've gotta, and, you, and you get to walk in it. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, any time that we, our, life, our lives are not representing the fruit of the Spirit, then we know right there. That's like a litmus test. We know right there. We need to say, Lord, 
Where have I taken the bait? What's going on? What's familiar that I'm, it's so familiar that I've, I'm not paying, I'm not aware. Because my dependency is going to be completely on the Holy Spirit, which is going to equip me and enable me to walk in the power of God fully. I am engaged with him, and I'm not, allow, I'm not about to allow my flesh to take over. 